0: Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. (laughs) That is incorrect. (laughs) Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good.
1: Tune in, turn on, every Wednesday, six to eight PM House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, we got Turner and Pearl Twitter.
2: <laughs>
3: Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is a show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at Noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear, the news is here! And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at Noon, on Mutiny Radio.
2: Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comradey march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turn-up and beat, And attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 through 4 p.m.
0: Looking to invest in the future of your community, MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Classroom Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4:50 to 5:50 p.m. Donations are tax-deductible. Donate online at
2: doydoydo.communityradio.fm, or just stop Please by the station.
3: Please visit This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org this public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at mutiny radio Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio. I'm Global Val, and you're listening to Women's Magazine here at Mutiny Radio. We're an outpost. I'm an outpost here for the KPFA Women's Magazine, which is on 94.1 every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Great uh, wide group of women work on that program, um, and, uh, regularly contribute, uh, to that weekly show on 94.1. I am one of those contributors, but I am here at Mutiny Radio every Friday, uh, doing, doing my thing over here, uh, holding it down in the Mission District of San Francisco, my hometown, five generations, six generations deep, actually, and, um, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be able to come at you here from the, from the studios of Mutiny Radio on 21st and Florida streets. And at the 3 o'clock hour, you can come down and join us right here at 21st and Florida for the Common Thread Collective Open Mic, community open mic, politics, poetry, music, activism, awesomeness. All those good things. Um, so, uh, we've got a few different uh, topics I want to talk to you about today, but first, I feel like it's a radio show, so we should start with some music. Uh, I'm going to play some music from Bonfire Madigan. Um, you should check her out. Um, a badass punk cellist, uh, among other things. And so, um, I'm going to play a song of hers called Mad Sky Writing. Hope you enjoy it.
2: Flame, I am not sorry for who I am or who you want to me to be. And I am skyrocketing this survival. I am sending this survival in a battle to the stars this Now and be no so because I made him you now. You know. Hear this now. We almost no saw because we, we made him you now. You know. Hear this now. There's no apologizing for being him now. Hear now. So
3: Mad Skywriting from Bonfire Madigan. Check out her music at Bonfire Madigan. That's uh, M-A-D-I-G-A-N bonfiremadigan.com. And yes, existence should be enough, right, for all of us to belong. It's all about the love. And uh, that's what we like to promote here on Mutiny Radio. And uh, today, talking about being enough uh, just existing being enough to have rights and uh, privacy uh, and especially in the United States of America where we have traditionally prided ourselves in our rights and our privacy of course we've seen those rights get whittled away over the past well it's been it's been w- getting whittled away for quite a while now that was kinda hard to say I'm not gonna try to say that again um, but we definitely see a a big surge, it appears, uh, attacking women, uh, women's rights, women's access to health care. Um, and we see that most most prevalently, in, even in mainstream media right now, about the attacks on Planned Parenthood, um, which, of course, serves uh, men and women across the country, low-income um, health services it's it's not just an abortion clinic as right-wing extremists uh, would have you uh, you know have people believe um, actually only three percent of their procedures that they perform are abortions and we have to remember that abortion is legal and protected by the constitution of the united states so e- even even to put that argument in in there is is you know well, it's obviously what people get upset about. So we have to talk about it. Um, but anyhow, Planned Parenthood does a, it offers so many services. Uh, STD screenings, um, uh, birth control, and even even just kind of regular uh, health checkups, um, and it, and it's and it's proven to be so vitally important for um, especially women across the country, but like I said, also men as well can go as and uh, and get their services. But Planned Parenthood has been under massive attack for years, but currently um, there was this big scandal from a, a couple months back where this really strangely edited video had shown um, these kind of undercover people who had gone into a Planned Parenthood to try to broker a deal to get um, fetus tissue, right? And so all, and then these these videos came out, and of course people like to believe what they see, um, and uh, often don't follow up to actually see, but these videos have been, you know, debunked. Um, defunct. And just shown that it was just highly edited and, and completely misconstrued. And let me tell you, as a radio producer, and even though my shows here at Mutiny Radio are live, I obviously edit my shows before I send them off to KPFA. And you can do a lot with editing. Um, I mean, I, I don't uh, tend to be manipulative with it. But I mean, even think uh, what when I think about editing things, I actually think back to Stalin Um, (laughs) in in the Soviet Union. um, You know, World War II, post World War II, where one of the common practices was through uh, early photography manipulation, whereby you'd see Stalin and a, a line of his generals, and then. Next time you saw the picture, it was the same photograph, but one of those people had been liquidated, eliminated, um, and just taken out. And then, but it looks like exactly the same photo, right? So that was some of the early manipulation of, of uh, you know, that just in, in terms of editing. And of course, we know these days there's so many capabilities. So, so this video, this video that came out. Um, has has been proven to be edited uh, and and misconstrued uh, as as some sort of fact that, that oh Planned Parenthood is selling fetus tissue you know to anybody who walks in the door. Um, anyhow, uh, they were majorly attacked um, by the central government. Um, that was one of the big uh, one of the big threats from uh, the United States Congress was a threat of another. Government shutdown because they were fighting over funding Planned Parenthood, uh, specifically through Medicaid, Medicare. Um, so, flash forward to this week, um, and we see this attack continue and in, in really, really just appalling, appalling ways. Um, so, there's an article in the New York Times that says Texas orders health clinics to turn over patient data. So I want to read you a little bit of that article. Uh, Three days after Governor Greg Abbott of Texas announced his decision to end Medicaid funding for Planned Parenthood, Texas State Health Department investigators showed up on Thursday at Planned Parenthood health centers in Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and Brownsville with orders to turn over thousands of pages of documents, including patients' records and employees' home addresses and telephone numbers. Some, but not all, of the extensive records sought by the state related specifically to abortion. For example, Planned Parenthood South Texas was told to produce five years of records, whether electronic paper or ultrasound, ultrasound concerning any patients billed to Medicaid who had had an abortion in which any part of the fetus uh, was removed or procured for research use. Um, I mean, this is storming. Uh, it's storming the, the the temple, right? Getting medical records, um, employee records. Uh, I'll continue reading this this New York Times article here. Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast was to turn over a complete copy of certain patients' records, including doctor's orders, nursing notes, and lab tests, as well as the center's appointment books, pa- patient sign in sheets, and contracts. Uh, a spokeswoman for Planned Parenthood of the greater Texas area, uh, Sarah Wheat, said, um, spokeswoman rather, she said, we're concerned about the breadth and the depth of what they're asking for. Um, the battle over Medicaid funding for Planned Parenthood has been at a high pitch nationwide since the release starting in July of videos secretly taken by abortion opponents posing as representatives of a biomedical firm seeking f- fetal tissue. The video is purported to show Planned Parenthood officials trying to illegally profit from the sale of fetal tissue, and their release has led many states to question whether Planned Parenthood should be eligible for continued Medicaid funding. Uh, The organization has said that the videos are heavily edited and that it never violated federal law regarding the use of fetal tissue in medical research. Alabama, Arkansas, and Louisiana have also moved to cut off Medicaid funding for Planned Parenthood. The group has filed suit to stop the cuts in each of those states. In Texas, the group has 30 days to appeal the Medicaid termination. 30 days. It's like getting evicted, folks. In the notice of Medicaid termination that the Texas Inspector General for the state's Health and Human Services Commission, Stuart W. Bowen, Jr., sent uh, sent Monday to the Planned Parenthood affiliates, he said the state had determined that the group was, quote, no longer capable of performing medical services in a professionally competent, safe, legal, and ethical manner. The notices cited two reasons for that decision. First, they said that the videos showed that the organization had a policy of altering its abortion procedures to better procure fetal tissue in violation of medical standards. In addition, they said the videos showed people posing as buyers of fetal tissue being allowed to handle bloody tissue wearing only gloves in violation of infection controlled standards. The notices also said that the state had found a pattern of illegal billing practices that amounted to Medicaid fraud. Coutrone, a spokesman for the Inspector General, said he could not discuss the Planned Parenthood investigation or what the health investigators were looking for in their orders to turn over records. Planned Parenthood saw it saw said it saw the record requests as a politically motivated fishing expedition and one more battle in the state's long fight to limit abortion. And the executive vice president of Planned Parenthood Federation of America, Don uh, Leguins said in a statement quote it is completely outrageous that Texas officials are using thoroughly discredited fraudulent videos to cut women off from preventative health care including cancer screening HIV testing and birth control so this is what's happening in America folks this is what's happening not just in Texas but in several states across uh, the country at least 13 states are enmeshed in uh, battles um to defund uh, Planned Parenthood and uh, it seems to be a growing trend and it's a very scary one. for women's rights, for women's health, and for our whole social health. Because if you're driving um, women back into the back alleys uh, for abortions, or if you're just keeping healthy um, young women away from preventative health services, uh, we're going to have an even bigger medical problem um across this country. We're going to have much more, so many more people who are in need of medical attention who can't get it. And it's just this really, really atrocious trend, uh, scaling back, uh, pulling back on rights and access to simple medical services. And you know, the rest of the world I mean, the reason I call myself Global Val, I've traveled, I've been to 17 different countries. And the rest of the world looks at the United States of America, and and they're very humble and very kind. They're like, we understand, you know, we don't hold anything against American people we know that the government is really um, making poor policy decisions and that um, people are often disempowered so like we've got this global perspective looking at the United States which is something that the United States I think overall lacks which is a a global perspective Um, but (laughs) it's people around the world say I can't believe the United States of America doesn't have health care for its citizens I mean, we're a country that fights over whether or not somebody should be allowed to go to the doctor, Um, that's that's a pretty low, that's pretty low, folks. Um, So uh, however you may feel about Planned Parenthood, however you may feel about abortion, um, I think everybody can agree that if you need to go to the doctor, you should be able to, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how much insurance you may carry, Uh, if you need medical attention, uh, you should be able to get it. And if you're out there thinking, well, I'm okay, I have medical care, I have insurance, and so I can get access to it, just imagine if you couldn't. Um, so I want to play a little more music from Bonfire Madigan, because uh, she also is an activist in the men- for uh, mental health and looking at things, with kind of trying to take labels away from um From uh, mental health uh, distresses and uh, incorporate and build community. And that's what we're trying to do just build community, build awareness, and um, let's take care of each other, shall we? Here's another song from her called Dishes and Spoons.
2: damn soon Because I'm never coming back for you
3: i listening to Women's Magazine. I had to take a deep breath after that little rant. I try not to rant too much. Um, if you're listening out there and you find that to be uh, a, a statement to the contrary of what's really happening, well, get in touch with me. I'm, I'm uh, Women's Magazine with Global Val on Facebook, um, newtonyradio.fm, uh, trying to do the show every week. Um, but speaking of these, these gross attacks on privacy, medical records, the state of Texas has been demanding from Planned Parenthood centers across the state of Texas asking for women's medical records, employees, home addresses, doctor's notes, lab tests, prescriptions, nurses' notes, um, ultrasounds, um, these types of personal medical records that the state of Texas is demanding from Planned Parenthood centers, a gross violation of privacy. but I, as I was preparing for today's show and thinking about this, I was sitting over in a, in a coffee shop in the Haight, I was sitting in People's Cafe next to a big bookshelf, and uh, there was a book on the shelf that was called True Women. And uh, I was like, well, let's pick it up here. It's called True Women, and it's by a woman named Janice Woods Wendell. And uh, as I browsed through it, it was it's kind of a story of the different generations of women in her family. Um, but at the beginning of the book, she decided to include, um, this is a, a, a minority, a minority report. So this is, uh, back from 1868. So, um, from the Journal of the Reconstruction Convention of Austin, Texas, 1868, um, the Committee Minority Report Against Women's Suffrage. And since we just had an election, I'd like to remind everybody that women have only had the right to vote for 95 years in the United States of America. And so this was the, uh, back in 1868, when women were already trying to fight for the right to vote, uh, which we know didn't actually happen until 1920, finally, um, through blood, sweat, and tears to be trite. Um, this was the Minority Report Against uh, Women Suffrage. So this was included in the True Woman book. And it from this is Texas, again, 1868. <clears throat> Sir, let's see. It's, it's addressed, right? Sir. Sir, we the undersigned members of the Committee on State Affairs, after examining the declaration presented by Mr. Mundine on female suffrage, respectfully present this minority report and unhesitatingly state that we are opposed to female suffrage, not because we think them of less capacity than men, but forsooth we think that by the very law of their nature, they are transcending above the act of participation in the government of the country and because their native modesty and inborn refinement of feeling causes every true woman to th- to shrink from mingling in the busy noise of election days. They are conscious that they are exercised by keeping themselves in their appropriate spheres, and by exhibiting all those gentle qualities directly opposed to the rougher sex in their capacities as wives and mothers, an influence mightier far than that of the elective franchise. We are opposed to it further because we believe that the good sense of every true woman in the land teaches her that granting them the power to vote is a direct open insult to their sex by the implication that they are so unwomanly as to desire the privilege. We therefore believe that such a declaration should not pass this body of gentlemen. Texas, 1868, Texas, 2015, give us your medical records, bitches.
2: Let's you go. She is the number the missing.
3: listening to women's magazine on mutiny radio.fm i'm global val check out my blog global that's g-l-o-b-a-l-v-a-l.blogspot.com and i want to continue reading from a book that i've been reading periodically on the show called when god was a woman by merlin stone it's an anthropological uh look at the ancient goddess religion and the role of uh that the Judeo-Christian attitudes uh, towards women have developed um, that have developed um, in response to a very, very ancient ancient goddess worship tradition. Um, So, again, sending out love to women around the world. Here is a couple little excerpts um, from when God was a woman in places and in a chapter called Where Woman Was Deified. Ethiopia and Libya. All authority was vested in the woman. That's the quote. Forty nine years before the birth of Christ, a man from Roman Sicily wrote of his travels in northern Africa and some of the Near Eastern countries, recording his observations of people along the way. He was keenly interested in cultural patterns and was certainly one of the forerunners of the fields of anthropology and sociology. This man was known as Diodorus Siculus, Diodorus of Sicily many statements reporting the high or even dominant status of women were included in his writings. We may question why he, more than any other classical writer, recorded so much information about women warriors and matriarchy in the nations all about him. He did not belittle the men who lived in such social systems. That did not appear to be his aim. Indeed, he seemed to be rather admiring and respectful of the women who wielded such power. It was Diodorus who reported that the women of Ethiopia carried arms, practiced communal marriage, and raised their children so communally that they often confused even themselves as to who their natural mother had been. In parts of Libya, where the goddess Nath was highly esteemed, accounts of Amazon women still lingered even in Roman times. Diodorus described a nation in, Lymbia, in Libya as follows. All authority was vested in the woman, who discharged every kind of public duty. The men looked after domestic affairs, just as the women do among ourselves, and did as they were told by their wives. They were not allowed to undertake war service, or to exercise any functions of government, or to fill any public office, such as might have given them more spirit to set themselves up against the women." The children were handed over immediately after birth to the men who reared them on the milk and other food suitable to their age. Isn't that an interesting juxtaposition? Everybody, we we're just talking about the United States of America in 1868. Uh, men opposed to women voting because it just seemed so. We'll argue so beneath their 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 moral standards that they would even want to be involved in in. In politics, um, now looking back at, at a commentary on two thousand years ago Libya, um, saying that the, the men had the same thing where they were discouraged from having public office, you know, lest they come rise up to challenge the women. Can't we all just work together, folks? Come on. All right, I'll continue. Diodorus wrote of warrior women existing in Libya, reporting that these women had formed into armies which had invaded other lands. According to him, they revered the goddess as their major deity and set up sanctuaries for her worship. Though he gives no specific name, the accounts probably refer to the Libyan warrior goddess known as Nath, who was also revered under that name in Egypt. Egypt In prehistoric Egypt, the goddess held supremacy in Upper Egypt, the South, as Negept, symbolized as a vulture. The women of Lower Egypt, which includes the Northern Delta region, worshipped their supreme goddess as a cobra, using the name Ulazit, the Great Serpent. From about 3000 BC onward, the goddess, known as Nut, Net, or Nit, probably derived from Nekhept, was said to have existed when nothing else had yet been created. She then created all that had come into being. According to Egyptian mythology, it was she who first placed Ra, the sun god, in the sky. Other texts of Egypt tell, the, tell of the goddess of Hathor as Hathor in this role of creator of existence, explaining that she took the form of a serpent at that time. In Egypt, the concept of the goddess always remained vital. The introduction of male deities, such as the dynast- just as the dynastic periods begin around 3000 BC, will be more thoroughly discussed in chapter 4. So I guess you have to go pick up this book by Merlin Stone, When God Was a Woman. This probably lessened her original supremacy, as it was known in Neolithic societies. But goddess worship continued in conjunction with this. The women of Egypt appear to have benefited in many ways. Diodorus wrote that at length of the worship of the goddess Isis, the Greek translation for Oset, who had incorporated the aspects of both Uazit and Hathor. Isis was also closely associated with the goddess, as, goddess Asnut, who was mythologically recorded as her mother. In paintings, Isis wore the wings of Nechept, Diodorus explained that, according to Egyptian religion, Isis was revered as the inventor of agriculture, as a great healer and physician, and as one who first established the laws of justice in the land. I think we should let that paragraph stand and remember that Isis is a goddess and should not whose name should not be taken in vain by a bunch of murderous mercenaries on the other side of this very small planet um, acting against women, against choice, against freedom. And freedom is what we're all about here. So here's a little more music Uh, From Bonfire Madigan, I'm going to choose this song called Smoke Signals because that's what we're shooting up here at MutinyRadio.fm, Women's Magazine.
2: You wanna load the packs, yeah. I am not
3: listening to Women's Magazine with Global Val here on MutinyRadio.fm. That was more music from Bonfire Madigan. Smoke signals from the burn pile. Uh, Yeah, send up the signal, folks. Hey, I'd like to end today's show on a a slightly higher note, a more positive note. Um, And uh, from a very odd source, the president, uh, President Obama, who I definitely do not like to cheerlead for, But um, President Obama on Friday announced that he had rejected the request from a Canadian company to build the Keystone XL pipeline. It, was, it ended a seven-year review that had become a flashpoint in debate over his climate policies. And I might add, from here at Mutiny Radio, we were talking to folks who are out there on the front lines, uh, protesting the the Keystone XL pipeline, um, calling in from the road. Uh, w- within the past year, um, of of people gathering along along the site to protest this gigantic project. Um, here's what the pipeline would do. So so. Uh, basically Obama rejected, um, he vetoed an, the, the he vetoed the approval of the project, this, this uh, measure to, that would speed up approval and he vetoed that. But um, this pipeline This pipeline, this Keystone XL pipeline, was a proposed 1,179-mile pipeline, which would have carried 800,000 barrels a day of carbon-heavy petroleum from the Canadian oil sands to the Gulf Coast. That's what the XL pipeline is about. So um, thank you, President Obama, for vetoing that. Um, and uh, it, of course, it's in advance of a United Nations uh, meeting, so a summit meeting on climate change in Paris in December, um, which I'm sure a lot of activists will be out uh, to address from the streets, of course, um, and hopefully from the inside as well. Uh, let's, let's keep this global trend going, where we actually uh, see that leadership Although it may falter in other ways, um, we can at least look at this climate, look at this planet and try to protect what we have here, which is our life sustenance. Um, So I'm happy to report that news today that that Obama vetoed the XL pipeline. But of course, it doesn't mean that the battle is over. Uh, surely a lot of uh, this, this project will still get pushed from various directions. So stay on top of it. But for now, let's say, uh, so I want to end the show with a poem that I wrote just the other day. Speaking of Mother Nature, Hurricane Patricia was the, uh, which hit, uh, which made landfall this past week in the central Pacific coast of Mexico, was recorded to be the largest hurricane ever recorded in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. And it built really fast. Within 24 hours, it, it like, o- over the ocean, it had gone up to, like, 200 miles an hour uh, winds. But then once it hit land, it, it, um... It dissipated in in about half that time. So here's a here's a poem from Mother Nature, Mexican Hurricane Patricia. Circuitous and calamitous, centrifugal and disastrous. Hurricane builds, crashes and passes. North American mountains breaks its mass and coastal castles of broken glass immortalize it in lore. Ruinous is hard to ignore. The history of these hills echoes in a breeze, deep as the roots of trees embedded to endure. And memories ensure the grandeur of Mother Nature. I'm Global Val. Thank you for listening to Women's Magazine today. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like wanting privacy or uh, to protect the planet just when those aspirations seem outrageous remember that inspiration is contagious peace and thank you stay tuned for the common thread collective coming up next live at mutiny radio peace
0: On a mission to free all my niggas are stuck in the struggle, we living it, living it, living it. Why like shit this shit? I'm on the block, with I'm stacking. Let's give it ten to Who die? Fuck on my squad, that we suicide. All of my niggas in the penitentiary, keep your head up. We spirit our lyrical genocide. On a mission to free all my niggas are stuck in the struggle, we living it, living it, living it. Why shit this shit? I'm on the block, with I'm stacking. Let's give it ten to ten. Who would why every suicide. All our niggas in the penitentiary. Keep your head up. We the mission free all niggas
2: are in the struggle. We live in, live in. I ain't like
0: I'm on the i The The name.